0: breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. All right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day. Welcome to the Veterans Path Podcast. I'm your host, John McCaskill, and today my guest is formal, former Naval Surface Warfare Officer turned painter, Kristen Cronick. In this show, we discuss Kristen's time in the Navy, her dramatic change in career trajectory, and how painting helped her to heal from a stressful transition compounded by a new little one and loss caused by Hurricane Irma. Additionally, in the video version of this episode, I'm opening up with some pieces of art painted by Kristen, and then during the episode, in the video, you can see some art that hangs at my office painted by a local veteran, and you can see his he- healing journey. You can see just how healing art can be. So, if you get a chance, check it out on video. On YouTube and check out Kristen's work in the notes below all right welcome to the show Kristen thanks for being here
1: thank you so much for having me
0: yeah I'm excited for for you to share your story and I know that we share uh, an alma mater with the, the Naval Academy but I definitely want to get into why you joined the Navy and then share your story about what it is you're doing now in the in the mental health arena both for yourself and sharing your story with others so that all said what what made you decide to come into the navy and uh and make it what it was for you and what was your mindset when you first came in as far as the naval career if you will
1: when i was first considering the navy um i was probably middle school high school and i've always loved art and so the the, the rest of the story is i'm a painter now um, but I've always been an artist and a painter, and I was looking into art school and looking into the typical schools that kids in my high school went to. Um, and none of them felt great. Um, I loved art school, I loved the idea of it, but I also um, wanted to do more. And skill is something you can develop anytime. Um, but there was another dream that I had. It's kind of now and never. And one of the biggest influences was one of my art teachers was a Marine in Vietnam, and he had a a body of work about that experience. And I remember that moment was realizing that he had had this robust personal story and he was an artist, and it was this moment of permission that I could do both. Um, And so I applied to the Naval Academy and it was kind of USNA or nothing. If I didn't get in, I probably was gonna do something different. Same here. (laughs) Um, And I got in and so I couldn't say no um and so i i uh- i took my oath on june twenty seventh two thousand seven and I continued with my work and my art even there so um I'm so glad I did it it was it was the best choice I could have made um and part part of it was I knew I wasn't totally sure what I'd want to do forever and i um sorry. <laughs>
0: That's fine. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I
1: was like, I told him to not do that. but Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: um, okay. Anyways, so I, I wasn't sure what I'd want to do, but I figured being an officer going to see, I have terrible vision. And so I knew from the get go, I would only have one option, which was slow. And that was fine with me. Um, I, I knew those were great things to do in my twenties as I figured things out. And so it just kind of seemed like the perfect situation. And, and it truly was, I, um, it's not a, you know, it's a great place to be from, not a great place to be at. I, it's, yeah. it's very true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: um, but it's, it was still like, I love the education overall. The experience for me was positive. Met my husband on I day, and was he um, a classmate of yours? He, he was my plead summer squad mate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's amazing.
1: He had no intent. We, we, we didn't go into it thinking about that. You know, we were 18 years that. old, but, Our parents sat next to each other the day we took our oath um, on I-Day, and they're like chatty, chatty moms, and then they figured out we were both in the same company, and so they- That is crazy. I know. They insisted we meet like that day, like after you take your oath and you say goodbye to your family. They insisted that we meet, and we're just like, why are we having this conversation right now? Like, look at me. Look at this haircut. (laughs) Um, But we ended up standing next to each other all summer, and we just became friends, and the rest is history. So.
0: wow, Wow. I don't know if I've ever heard a story like that. I mean, not only were you at the Naval Academy, not only were you in the same class, but you were in the same plebe company squad, squad yeah. mates.
1: Yeah, we were squad
0: so And your mother sat next to get together at, on I-Day. It, it was That's meant crazy. to be. It was meant yeah, to be. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and he's still my best friend. Like, mm. I think we spent, we spent every day together because, you know, we lived like down the hall um, yep. until we deployed and that actually Leading into mental health, that was a huge thing. Um, but yeah, we spent every day in the Navy together, and I just didn't go into it expecting to have that experience. So it was pretty awesome.
0: Sure. So he went surface warfare as well, surface mm-hmm. warfare officer. And yeah. uh, did you guys go through the surface warfare officer school as well together at the same time?
1: Yeah, we. So on the decision <laughs> part, obviously, I, I knew kind of what I would do. Um, I think it's, wor- it's worth mentioning that because there's a stigma around like dating there. And uh, we went into it independently. Like second class year when you're making all those decisions was a hard year because it was like what you know I want him to make a decision that's best for him, not for us. Yep. um So he looked into a few different things, but ultimately both of us came to surface. So it kind of worked out in that sense. I was studying naval architecture, which I adored. It was the closest thing to art. It got to like draw ships. Um, come to find <laughs> out it was a lot of math, which is still really fun. But it, it wasn't quite art. Um, right but he yes we both ended up going swell and um i'm gonna text him and tell him to stop doing
0: that real quick okay yeah yeah you're fine do whatever you need to do but also know that hey it's it's part of life so we're we're 100 authentic on this show so no worries
1: (laughs) okay
0: okay. um yeah yeah go go to it
1: tell him to stop opening the door okay
0: i'm sorry no 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 need to apologize like i said Here. yeah i i've done the same thing um when when i was working from home during covid i mean it's still covid right now but when i was working from home i was recording this from my upstairs and my kids would come up and uh and i would try to play it off as though they weren't there and then the guests would be like hey do you, do you need to take care of that and i'm like yes thank you for <laughs> thank you for being aware let me give me one second uh so all good <clears throat> Thank you. So you were um, in the middle of, you were in the middle of talking about the, the fact that you and your husband had both decided to go SWO. Right. It Yep. So yeah. Okay. So
1: we, we both came to surface on our own. Um, and I was studying Naval architecture. That's right. I was studying Naval architecture and I absolutely loved it. Um, so I'd actually had applied to be an engineering duty officer, lot transfer eventually. And it seemed like the perfect thing I was going to, that was my plan. He was probably just going to do five and dive. I would do my four years as a swo go my plan was to go to MIT go to dive school be a salvage diver for the navy and just like live my best life like this nice. was my 19 year old plan and this sure. was my plan going into going into like pregnancy <clears throat> um but on a mental health note before i jump ahead that first tour on a ship i think is what set the tone for mental health in the military and our experience and we both deeply struggled with it but i didn't know i struggled with it until like unpacking it years later. Um, does that make sense?
0: Absolutely, it 100%. Not,
1: it was just not something that was a relevant thing. Like it was this linear day in and day out grind with really no recess. Um, and I mean, I think everyone's got their own reasons for why it was hard. For me, it was a mixture of not being with my very best friend in the entire world every single day. Um, And also just feeling completely out of control over schedule. I had walked into prepping for uh, an inspection cycle called inserve. It's every five years a ship will go through inserv and it's just an inspection it's nothing crazy but it kind of the kind of the typical response is basically take the brow off the ship and live on board for six months as you prepare for this and that's just kind of what it is <laughs> but meanwhile like there's you know my husband was deploying we were about to deploy and it's like you kind of have this idea of leaving in your head. But like before that, when you're not, when you're still gone, it's like, that's kind of what did it for me was always being kind of thrust away when I wasn't expecting to be gone. Um, and so it was pretty early on, I realized, like, oh, this is just kind of how it is. Um, and people, people kind of started to go crazy on our ship a little bit. I think we had a lot of, like a lot of people just started starting to lose it to the point where probably, I don't know, I'll say it, like our captain came on and it was like nobody nobody can go to Portsmouth anymore no nobody can over the one mc and it was kind of this like it's not okay and and i <clears throat> but I, I deep down I was like i'm starting to to lose a little bit myself like just i'm not I'm not okay i I don't, I'm having a really hard time getting through the day you yeah. know I, I normally have a like a just a spark for life and it's not there um but I don't know like you know it was small things that would help it was I, my master chief really stuck his neck out for me right before my husband deployed and kind of was like, Kristen, like don't come in tomorrow, it was a Saturday. he's like, see him before he goes. And that that was everything, just like those nice. little tiny things. So, um, but, but I assumed that was just one instance. I was just like the way our ship handled it. I didn't have enough perspective, um, but the, I'm so grateful because my husband also was dealing with the same ship cycle. And so I had like two perspectives at one time. And, you know, his, he had the, like, when he had joined, they were kind of working up to deployment and it was a little bit more predictable. But then like flash forward a year, he is home from deployment doing just a different set of of inspections. It was light off assessment. It was a very, very cyclical one that we do. And I was coming home and it was the exact same situation. Like they weren't going to let him be on the pier to see me come home. And we hadn't Mm -hmm. seen each other in a year. And it was just like, wait a second, this isn't how this is supposed to be. Right. And he I mean, he we it happened anyways, but the fact that it had to be a conversation felt so strange, like, you know, we hadn't just there's some really important things about life that we're missing. And we've got people that can cover for a few hours or even a couple of days, you know, it's been a while. Um, And so that for both of us, those were some really dark days that like getting help didn't didn't even occur to us that it was something we needed to do nor did it feel like an option um and, and so um, just, did,
0: did, did i understand correctly did you have a little one at this time
1: no no, no? we okay. were fresh okay. out of the academy no kids <laughs> okay. which definitely made it i can't i can't imagine having children during that whole thing it was just us so yeah we're well nearly i mean at, you know 22 still, I, that's
0: you know uh, that's actually a, a point that i want to hit on is that <clears throat> sometimes the the single sailors, single officers, or the, the officers who are just newly married, the, the military puts a lot on them because they're like, well, you don't have kids. So you guys can take on this load. So, you know, Hey, your husband may just be coming back from deployment, but you guys don't have kids. So you guys take on this load, which is not really fair to either side. It's not fair to the, the, the men or the women in that relationship, um, the sailor or the, the non-sailor in that relationship. And it's not fair to you know the those who do have kids either. Eventually, it 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 ends up not being fair on their their end either. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I could definitely see where that would be stressful if you have kids. But it's also stressful without. So, not meaning to minimize your your story at all there by yeah. asking that question. Just just adding adding color to it, if you would.
1: For sure, and I can remember times where I was given an opportunity. That my friends without spouses were not. So it it goes like, being married was a bit of a privilege at times too. Which that's complicated, you know. I I'm grateful that I'm not a captain having to make those decisions. I guess <laughs> I acknowledge it's hard, um, but it's it, it is a problem worth acknowledging for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> didn't mean to interrupt your flow there. So you yeah. guys are, are going through that your 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 first deployment together. And, and now you're coming back, you're or rather your husband's coming back from deployment and, uh, and you're being put through that kind of ringer of not being able to see one another. And at the same time, your situation personally and your ship situation, it sounds like almost like a, a, a recipe for mental health challenges, if you will.
1: Yeah, by that point, we'd actually had a, a brand new leadership and deployment was actually pretty good. I mean, it was deployment. Um, it, was, it was your typical fifth fleet ship experience. Um, some crummy days, some not. You know, the little little <laughs> moments that are really cool pop peppered in a lot of boredom, and some <laughs> cool missions every once in a while. But um, I, I think I think the only negative going to that was nobody nobody really had time to heal before they left, and so I saw a lot of things unravel while we were gone in my sailors. Um, I I channeled it into qualifying as fast as I could. And I found being able to have put effort towards that really helped me, like feel like I had some control over what could happen to me. Um, that's that's how I kind of stayed sane in deployment. But I was definitely took a toll on its crew, and it makes me wonder, just. I mean that's a pretty typical thing to happen before deployment so just how often that was just one ship and one experience you know back in 2012 what does that look like year in and year out over the like toll right. on our sailors and uh, and officers
0: Yeah yep definitely So how did you how did you end up making it through this particular part of your story
1: Um this was mostly grit um my my mother-in-law ended up coming and helping out my husband for a couple weeks before I that was a big deal for him to ask for help and he did and she so graciously came and just kind of helped him with the house you know just really small things um, they're not small
0: honestly, though they're, <laughs> they're huge those those <laughs> add up and, and again uh you know talk about minimizing those things add up I, I've had my mother-in-law come and help us uh innumerable times and it's been huge even with the little things like taking care of the kids for you know an hour so that you can go and do something for yourself Mm -hmm. or or helping around the house so that you can pack up your bags so that you can get ready to deploy it's Mm -hmm. that all adds up so don't don't (laughs) minimize that either
1: (laughs) so that that was for him i mean honestly that, that was the hard part being a swell is there's just not a lot of downtime Um, But I found myself turning towards the same thing that I had been doing my entire life. Um, When he would be gone, I would sit on the floor in our living room apartment in Norfolk and I would paint and I would go for like six to eight hours and it felt so good. I would just sit there and work and it was this Zen place. um, And I, it was pretty much the only thing that kept me happy while my very best friend in the world was you know gone um so that was that's that's what got me through and on the ship it was a little bit harder because there's not really that option but um when i was home and dealing with all that and there was time where i wasn't just asleep on the couch i was so exhausted that's what i would be doing
0: nice nice so <laughs> he gets back from the deployment you you guys get through this first challenge that uh, i'll call it of you guys uh dual military career um and i know the rest of your story has some other stressors in it to include to include kids to include a flood uh, yeah. let's get into that a little bit so <laughs> right, you so talk I'll, about yeah go ahead
1: okay i'll Take fast it. forward through the next couple of the next tour our second solo tours were great um, no complaints they were they were wonderful which in a weird way solidified for kale that he needed to get out like he was like it was so much fun but i don't feel like i want to stay in still so we had a kind of a redeeming tour, and I did too. But I already knew I was going to go engineering duty, so I go engineering duty. I was able to work out, so I did my qualification tour first. That way, I could sync up locations with my husband because I'm just a puppy dog. I'm not with him, so I didn't. I didn't want to, like to to be across the country. Um, sure. And but um, we also knew. We kind of felt ready to have children. Um, and this was a good time before I started school and everything. It was a qual tour as in, in Jacksonville, which is where my parents were. Um, and so we I throughout pregnancy, I was studying in my GRE and applying to MIT. That was my dream. Um, I found out verbally that I was accepted. And then I had my daughter, and everything changed. <laughs> And it, I think it took about two weeks and I just remember holding this newborn baby and like in a moment knowing this is not what I needed to do with my life. This is not how I wanted to raise my kids and, and the pressures of school and moving and I, it was one of those like I knew, obviously I wanted to be a mother. Um, and I love the Navy now. Um, <laughs> and I've accepted the Navy how about that like, you know, <laughs> it's, good and it's bad. Um, but I also love to paint, and I found this weird tension where, like, something's going to need to go, and it's not going to be being a mother, and it's definitely not going to be painting, mm-hmm. and that kind of only left one thing. And so I I dropped my papers the day I came back from maternity leave, which was a very stressful experience because you're, you're, like, new mother hormones and making this really huge decision that was counter everything I had planned for. Right. Um, but as you know, the process takes a while. So in the meantime, I had found a civilian job in sales. I thought it would be kind of fun to try. Um, I just wanted to try something different and I liked the flexibility of it and whatever. Caleb also got out and that was the, that was the plan. Um, I was pregnant again <laughs> with my son and um, I hung on my uniform on a Thursday and on Sunday, our house flooded due to Hurricane Irma. And it was just, it was literally a perfect storm of all of these things. Being a new mom, struggling with my identity as like a person now, I wasn't an officer anymore, which was just all I had known for how many years. And then like Caleb getting out, um, being pregnant again, that sales job ended up not being a great fit. So just the daily demands of me were just like, they weren't a good fit for my, my temperament, my personality. Um, and then all of a sudden we were dealing with like loss and a construction zone and the uncertainty that comes with that. And I I actually didn't crash right away. I I was good for about a month or two. And I think I was kind of in officer mode, just like doing, 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 like what do we need to do next? What do we need to do next? And then we got to this lull, like we're waiting on all the paperwork to come back um, to how to like, what to do about our house. How we, How do we do this? Waiting on the insurance. I think in that space, everything just hit me at once. And I started to wake up with panic attacks in the, the middle of the night, like have them while I was driving. I I was not okay. Um and that's like I didn't, I was not okay. And I, I kind of knew I wasn't okay at this point, but I couldn't even get out of bed to like. Like I I knew I needed to talk to somebody, but I couldn't even do that. So my husband drags me to our pastor. I was like, you know, and he, he was like, Hey, I think you should probably talk to a therapist. And I was like, okay. And well, actually I didn't say, okay. I. The pastor
0: I, said that or your husband yeah, said that?
1: Yeah. He okay. was like, I can help you with some things, but like, there's, a, there's a bit more here that I yeah. probably would recommend that you see. And um, I felt a lot of shame about that because as an officer, I was supposed to be resilient, and then I was supposed to be strong, and I wasn't supposed to be phased by these things. Like, after all, this wasn't even the Navy. Like, look at all the things I had dealt with in the Navy. This right. is just like a flood, and I get to yeah, I'm in my, my couch every night. I shouldn't be having a hard time with this. Um, but I think that was a huge thing to get over, and I feel incredibly grateful that it I was able to get over it quickly. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. That yeah. And I think it's important to talk about and acknowledge because um, our, our minds, our mental health is fragile and even officers are susceptible to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say <clears throat> absolutely we're susceptible. And, and a lot of the, uh, the pressures that we put on ourselves as officers helps us or not helps us, but it, it causes us to develop a negative self-talk and we start tell tell ourselves these stories, like you were telling yourself, hey, I've, I've gone through some pretty tough times in the past. I should be able to handle this okay. Hey, I'm a military officer or a former military officer. I should be able to handle this okay. And you even mentioned going into officer mode. Hey, I'm gonna start going through my task list and getting all this done. And in doing so, you kind of suppressed those emotions. And as, uh, I, I forget who said this, um, to me just a few weeks ago but they said something about when you do suppress those emotions they go down to the basement and they work out they lift weights and then and then they come back that much stronger and it's that much harder to process but it's that much more important to get help to process it because it's tough to process on your own when they've been uh, when they've been working out
1: (laughs) so true
0: (laughs) so so now you you've got that negative self-talk going on you've got these panic attacks um, you've obviously dealt with the, or not dealt with, but you're dealing with the the floods. You're dealing with uh, the fact that you've got kids now, or a kid, and you're pregnant. I think is that right? Is, mm-hmm. Did yeah, I get that correct? Right? Um, so all these things are compiling. Yeah, <laughs> so this is all compiling, and you're dealing with the the loss of the military, kind of loss of tribe, loss of identity that you mentioned before. So now you get back into the painting. Is that is that what what helped with that?
1: A few things happened kind of all at the same time. Um, I I did start going to therapy a couple times a week. And at that point, it was just, how are we going to get the Tuesday? And how are we going to get the Thursday? And it was, it was just kind of, it was a it was very much damage control. Um, it wasn't until later that I, I got to unpack like all the adolescent angst, but that's a different story. Um, and then I also started going to acupuncture for like prenatal care. And that was like, incredibly helpful that it i was skeptical at first but i'll always try something holistic you know might as well you, you never know um, yeah. and that was one of those like happy feelings that i just i came home from my first session and was like oh my gosh i haven't felt like endorphins in a very long time and I, so I, I did that throughout the entire pregnancy and it kept me helpful it kept me very steady um and then and then that was the last thing was i remembered what has been the one thing I've turned to all these other times whenever I couldn't be at peace, like in between therapy sessions, in between acupuncture, Um, I wasn't on medication. I probably could have used it, but that can sometimes be a journey in itself. So I was like, let's, yeah. and also I was pregnant, so we were like- I've been yeah. there Yeah. On that
0: journey.
1: Yeah, and so I, somehow during the flood, I had the presence of mind, like you kind of, we kind of lost everything really quickly. Within like 24 hours of giving back, you kind of have to get everything out of your house and it gets thrown away because it's ruined. Mm-hmm. but my paints were fine they're just in tubes and so i had saved my paints and i kept them at a place that was accessible and so every night during that period i would just paint in our kitchen with our little one-year-old running around and it was it was a mess it was a great picture i can share with you of that moment um and it was just this time where i was able to quiet my mind and I'm a Christian. And so I couldn't even pray. I was so anxious. And so, but in that time I could pray because I was like, well, like I was centered and I was just thinking about this problem in front of me and my heart was just, was just calm. Um, And so I painted every day and I actually hung a show the day I went into labor Nice (laughs) with that baby. And it was, but it was more, it wasn't like this, Oh, look what I can do. It was just like, this is the result of like just a meditative process that got me through this period. And and when I hung that show and that civilian job that I needed to kind of get through the pregnancy with that civilian job, I, I realized, okay, if art is what I've turned to all these times, then I think art's what I need to do with my life. And so I quit my job and that's what I've been doing ever since.
0: Nice. Well, what was the, what were the subjects that you were painting at the time? Like, I know you have a mm. subject matter that you kind of, that you're kind of sticking to now or has a theme anyway. Um, but what what were you painting at the time?
1: That's a great question. Um early on in those dark moments, I was painting abstract expressionism. And I told myself I would never show anybody, I mean I I would now, but at the time I was giving permission to paint whatever I just wanted to feel like the paint on my brush and and go. Um, yeah interesting kind of what like, sometimes you start pulling out images from them and they ended up becoming deserts, um, like abstracted views of deserts. And I thought that was really interesting. And I like, I wonder yeah. if it had anything to do, like sometimes your inner conscious kind of comes out, you know, when you let it, this is really woo woo, but I've experienced <laughs> it myself. So I think it's true. Um, and I, I think maybe the deserts were a way of expressing this feeling of being so lost and so isolated in this space. Yeah um and painting them was healing like once i did that i kind of acknowledged where i was i felt like i was able to move forward
0: nice um i'm gonna break all sorts of podcast protocol here and i'm gonna show you something so i, I work here in colorado springs in the mount carmel Veteran service center and i'm gonna <clears throat> i'm gonna try to take this for a walk and hopefully it doesn't get too disastrous but i think you're oh. really gonna really gonna appreciate what i'm able to show you if I can get it to stay connected um, so there's a there's art therapy in this in this organization that they so do the, yeah it's phenomenal so I'm walking down the hallway and they've got this series posted in the hall it's all painted by the same guy and I want to flip the camera so if you're listening to this podcast maybe you can check it out <laughs> on you YouTube later cuz it's really neat here to see the progression. So this is this is one of the early paintings of the same uh, by the same artist. And as you walk down the hall, you can see kind of the dark theme here. But you can start to see a little bit more color in his paintings and a little bit more positive slant. And I'm going to flip it around, walk a little bit. Hopefully you're not going to get motion sick, but you start these are. Oh my gosh. I want to cry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so sorry, like start when you started talking about the subject man. and this is one of the final ones, and look how much brighter that is than, than the first one. Not that the first one was bad, but it's no. just where, where his mind was when he was starting to paint. And then at the end, yeah, and so that kind of reminded me what you're talking about there with the desert. It's where your head was at, and, uh, and then you changed your subject as time, and your head changed. Um, so forgive me for breaking protocol, but I thought that was pretty neat and right on with what you, what you're sharing.
1: That is so cool. I yeah. I mean, I think there is something to the ability to express something that doesn't normally get a voice that either it's yeah. not something you would bring up in conversation, or I think oftentimes we just don't have words for it. And there's this sensory thing that comes with making something with your hands that right. can kind of draw it out of you whenever you approach yeah. it with acceptance of yourself.
0: That's absolutely. So cool.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. I love
0: hear that you shared that. Yeah, well, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to share it. Uh, it just started uh, bubbling in my brain. I was like, wait, this is just right behind me. I may as well walk her down the hall real quick. But uh, but yeah, absolutely. The, the things that you can work on, kind of focus. I talk about the eight Fs, as in Foxtrot, uh, for the letter F, um, the eight Fs of mental health. And focus is one of them. I won't run through the eight right now because I know I'll miss them. But the eight Fs include family, friends, finance, and and focus is one of them. Mm-hmm. And your painting is your focus. And um, my wife, she's also prior Navy, uh, not not Naval Academy, but Naval officer as well. And um, she works, she does woodwork. And I can totally tell after she's been doing woodwork that her mind is in a completely better place um, for for everything, and we've got little ones, and there's times when, uh, as as you well know, having little ones is a is an absolute blessing. I mean, that's always the case. But then there's times when it's a little tough. And uh, then when she goes out to the the wood shop and does even something small for an hour, gets in the, into a completely different zone, and and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like you mentioned at the beginning, it's kind of zen there. Mm-hmm. But so you did this this uh, show. You hung the you hung the paintings the day that you went into labor yeah. and so were you there even when when people were able to walk through your show
1: well so this it was a it was a coffee shop show which is such okay. a great way to start for artists i loved nice. it i mean it's that's actually led to so many things that i wouldn't have expected but that was i think one of those i think control and uncertainty is something that happens a lot with me and mental health like there's an element of letting go of control, but there's some things that not having control over, I've noticed, is a trigger for me. Like spending time with family, I, I want the ability to, to do that no matter what. Um, yep. So, no, this this was a friend. Actually, his son and I were in the same battalion, which is kind of fun, but they grew up here, um, and he his dad was starting a coffee shop, and they wanted it to feel like, you know, a little more hipster than Starbucks, if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> Um, And so they wanted to do art for it. And so by the time I had gotten through a lot of those pieces, I didn't show those. Um, He had said like, hey, can you just do our first round of art for the show? And I'm like, heck yeah, I got so much fun. I love gearing in towards a project. And so I kind of did it more towards, I kind of married up what I was interested in which was these elements of nature, these elements of living things. Um, to what they wanted so it was it was a kind of a fun collaboration but it gave me it gave me purpose it gave me a project to work on and to develop and problems to solve so it was a very grounding experience during those final months nice. when our house was still under construction and <laughs>
0: I was <going> into labor. <laughs> wow yeah it was like great. you said at the beginning or not at the beginning but was you you mentioned the storm it was quite literally and figuratively the perfect storm so yeah. uh not to make a bad dad joke but i'm glad you weathered that storm so <laughs> you're you're out on the back end of that and and now you're now you're painting as a profession and your theme is the naval academy and i'm gonna mess up the name it has something to do with scribbling walk yeah um, so, so can you can we, you talk about that and what made you decide to go to that road
1: sure actually so it's called easel Um, but I actually have two. I don't think I told you that. I have no. just my my fine art as well. Um, just Kristen Chronic. Nice. Um, and I mean, that's this is just a never-ending journey. So I'll touch the fine art, but then I'll lean into easel Um, The fine art is is where I do a lot more experimentation and play, um, and most of it's centered around nature. And I'm still figuring out why. I think that's the fun part: is do what's curious. To you and then figure it out later but I think it has something to do with life and being connected (laughs) to something that's living I just really am really just drawn to it um and I just love painting so that's what that is but then easel on Stribbling. so that's a project that I kind of had the idea for like play beer um I this was before social media really whenever I was preparing for play beer and I discovered the photographs of Pete Souza who um you may recognize his name, recognize his name because he was Obama's official photographer.
0: Oh yeah, his, yeah.
1: So he's like he became a lot more prominent then. But I found them in a book like my parents got at the mid store when we toured it, you know. And these pictures were so raw and so honest. And I didn't have any military, my grandfather was drafted, but that was it. Like, you know, I didn't have any stories to like prepare myself for. And I'm just the sheltered girl, like swimming and doing my thing in high school. I had no idea what was. So these pictures really like helped me and helped prepare me for like what i was going to face walk through those doors and um i was grateful for them and so i was going through plebe summer and these like images just started to haunt me like and i remember i remember the moment i realized i was going to do this we were at a practice parade on warden field it was hot and muggy and it was like six in the morning and the sun was rising and we were in white works And I remember like the color of the shadows it was like this head rifle head rifle on the backs of the people in front of me because the sun was rising up behind us I was like gosh like I wish I could just stop right here and like paint this um but I obviously I was a plebe so there's none of that and um these little moments would just continue to taunt me like walking back from struggling from parade as miserable as they were they were beautiful um I remember parade practice at night and it was like the fireflies on stripling those deep greens of like, like late in like late summer and dark ages. I'd never really seen snow before. And it was stunning. And all these moments that were just breathtaking. And so I, I kind of vowed that one day I would go back and unpack this experience, but I wanted it to be from my perspective, um, and to make like really acknowledge the perspective of a Amid because people paint it all the time, but you know, the journey that I saw and part of that is also being a female. Um, And for the longest time, I thought I was going to hide the fact that I was a female, just because it's, it is this, you know, you know, uh, it's just, it's, it's not, it's its own experience. Um, But I've kind of come to embrace it as well, and just to be okay with that, that part of my story as well. Um, And so it's, I started it, Soon after my baby was second baby was born, I was staying home. My daughter was at daycare. She she needed to be at daycare. <laughs> but I was with my son for about a year, year and a half. And during nap times, I would start and um, just start to paint some of these moments. And I am not done yet. My my plan is I have a couple more series I want to do, and then I more than I from there I have ideas for. That I am thinking about. But my goal for it is to talk about this in a few different ways. Um, The Naval Academy, in particular, is this really strange, timeless experience that someone from five decades ago can look at these pictures or paintings, in my case, and kind of place themselves in those moments. Um, So it's this strange, like, way of uniting people, but it's also everyone has this slightly different perspective they bring. I think that's really cool, and so I'm trying to capture those timeless qualities of it, but also hear the stories that make them different and make them, you know, special. And it's, and so I have some plans. I have a show coming up at the museum, and I, I really want to hear people's stories, like and some nice. pivotal moment, pivotal moments. Um, and so that's the first thing. And the second thing is to build a community, because um, this is such a again it's a unique experience that we all did coming of age. It's just, it's a strange way to come of age, to indoctrinate yourself <laughs> into the military. Yes, and I think it it's worth unpacking uh, in a mental health a- a- aspect. I think we bury some of these things that are worth unpacking later on when we have some space. Um, I also feel very strongly that like my parents, our families, can't really fully understand what it was like to do it. And so part of my mission is to tell the story to them um, in a way that, and your midshipmen probably just couldn't articulate at the time because they're going through it um, and also to like Pete Souza's photo- photographs did for me like help people who want to be a part of it who aren't yet um, understand and identify with it and, and on that note like the experience is I think very parallel with the experiences of being a civilian like we all face these trials and these moments of growth and you know it's I think it'd be cool to humanize the experience for civilians as well. So it's been a really fun project, and it's taken me years, but I'll get I'll get through it eventually.
0: I love it. I love it. And and people can see these pictures, these paintings, on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, or or where else can can they see the, both the the fine art and the, the the Naval Academy work that you're doing?
1: Sure. Um, the paintings, all of them so far, are <laughs> at easel on stribling.com. so stripling is the main for those who did not partake in that wonderful place um (laughs) stripling is the main walk that goes through and so um i i wanted to name it that in a way to make kind of foster the community and um, kind of embrace what it is so it's easel on stribling.com and then my fine arts just kristin that's where i explore and have a lot of fun there too
0: well, cool. I am de- I know we're connected on Instagram. So I, I'm going to go back and look at those a little bit more now with this new angle of, of, uh, of looking at them and kind of imagine myself and my story as I, as I go through those pictures. Um, and then <laughs> as we come close to, you know, the, the end of the show is, uh, is there anything that you would like our listeners to hear about your journey, about your painting or anything that we haven't discussed that you want to share?
1: Hmm. I, I think the most important thing that I'd like to leave people with is it's okay to get help. And I think even the strongest need help and whatever that looks like for you. I I'll be honest, I'm still going to therapy and I probably will the rest of my life. I love it. It's just a regular part of my routine now. And, um, and I'm, pretty passionate about about being open about that because i think it's important to be to normalize it. So i i think the things that sometimes we think are normal because culture says they're normal um you know if if you're not feeling if you deep down you don't feel great then it's okay to talk to somebody. It's not a failure. Um there are people trained and can help you through it and life has a way of making us all need help sometimes. And that's totally okay.
0: No, absolutely. And you said, you said even the strong need help, I think, I think it takes a strong person to ask for help. It takes, it takes that deep introspective work to realize that you need the help first of all, and that takes strength to do that work because it's, it's scary and ugly and, and uh, sometimes hurtful. But then you can take that and and unpack it, like you mentioned, if you are strong enough to ask for that help. If you're not strong, if you're not strong enough to ask for that help, then then uh, you you need to maybe do a little bit more work, and 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 if you can't if you can't seek help from outside, maybe find something that you can do, like you did with the painting. You can do on your own to set your mind in a place that you do develop that strength that you can seek help outside that external help so there are things that you can do alone that can help you out mentally as well that you've demonstrated that we do with meditation and mindfulness but then you can seek outside help too and i think the two together go hand in hand to ultimately set you up to be mentally healthy mentally strong uh, in the long run so kristen this is sorry go ahead
1: I actually have something to add to that if that's okay um, please, when it comes say. to painting I thought this might be interesting for your audience um, I've been doing a little bit of research on the history of military painting and um, both Churchill and George H- George W Bush were painters yeah. um, I think it's worth mentioning in terms of being a veteran um, because both created from a different place and then both and I think both reasons are very very valid um, Churchill started painting in response to a huge failure in Gallipoli, and it was a way to escape. And it became a refuge for him. And wow. um, it's pretty cool. And my first ship was the Churchill. And I, that was a, you know, I saw his paint. I had never, I didn't know what he had painted. And again, there's another moment of validation. Like, you can do both. Yeah. Um, and then Bush started painting after he retired as just like with like the angst of retirement which i think right. a lot of veterans can, res- like, can respect that and understand that feeling um and he ended up i mean everyone's journey is different but he ended up doing a i think it was a bike tour around the united states meeting um veterans that were combat wounded during the iraqi fantasy wars that were underneath him um and he wrote stories and painted their portraits of i think a hundred something people um yep. and it was a way to confront the kind of the challenges of what he had what he chose to do during his time and i think it like from what i read he has a book out and from what i read about it it seemed to be like a very healing experience to kind of look these people in the eye and have this conversation and so i thought that was a pretty pretty interesting way that art helped both leaders um process through the challenges of being a leader
0: yeah that's interesting thank you for sharing that i did not know either one of those why's uh, for why they, I knew they had painted, but I didn't realize the reason for it. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that. And again, your, your why, if you do start painting uh, as a listener, uh, or if you paint already, or if you do woodwork or whatever, your why may be different, but ultimately it's going to help you out, uh, doing something like this that is for lack of a better term right now, meditative or Zen as you referenced earlier, it does help you to just kind of block out some of the noise that's out there, and then settle settle the the noise and focus on the true signal of life. So, Kristen, thanks so much for for coming on the show. It's been an honor, and I I really appreciate what it is you're you're doing uh, with your work, and I, I love that you're doing it for yourself too, which is which is very important. Because I posted something on social media this weekend about self care is really important to you sure but it's also important to those that you love those that you lead those that you work with Um, as as a leader as a leader in the military as a leader in a family as a leader anywhere if you take care of yourself it's kind of counterintuitive you take care of yourself first then you're better able to take care of those that you're leading so uh, i love what you're doing for yourself and for those around you so again thanks for coming on the show and thanks for sharing your story it's been great Thank you for having me. All right. Until we talk again, stay safe and stay healthy. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Veterans Path Podcast. Please follow us on social media and think about sharing your story with us there and potentially on the show. Together, we can make mental health a priority, improving and saving lives.